Hello there, what it do, how are you, and welcome to episode 48 of Above the Nest with Rachelle, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. It's a great day to talk football, that is Eagles football of course, and I'm your host Rachelle Prevet, getting you hip very quick to what's happening. What's up, gentle listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Above the Nest with Rachel. As promised, I have a very, very special guest joining me on today's episode, a familiar voice for a lot of you loyal listeners, a guy that you guys all know and love. He was formerly here with us with BGN, and now he is a staff writer for The Ringer and also a podcast host for The Ringer's NFL Draft Show podcast. His name is Benjamin Solak, and I am so very honored to have him joining me. What's up, Ben? How are you going on? How are you doing on this fantastic Friday? Yeah, you got to chill with, chill with the gas. That was too much. I'm, I'm, I'm too hyped right now. There are 50% of the people listening to that intro were like, sick, it's bad. And the other 50% were rooting for Mike and they're just disappointed, but no. it's whatever. They'll get over it. You are literally like a celebrity here. So, you know, like, nope. <laughs> I'm honored to have you joining me. You're the expert. This is your time. This is your time. I, uh, it's, 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 oh, it's always very nice to be back. I was saying the pre-show is always fun to be back in the saddle, but it's funny. I think other places probably hear me and they're like, oh, like ringer NFL. Like he's an expert. He knows what he's talking about. This place where I was like, yo, JJ, I think a white side is going to be good. They probably know. They know the actual truth. We're like, no, this guy's an idiot. He never got a pick right in his life. Get him Not off the stage. Enough. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But, you know, I'm like I said, I'm happy to have you. You know, this is I'm sure you're super busy in the season. So just thank you for taking the time to chat with me. But I mean, we all know why we're here. The draft is literally 13 days away. It's crazy. It came so quick. But we're going to be talking about the pre-draft visits that the Eagles have had so far. You know, they're allowed 30. So far, they've had 17. We're recording at about three o'clock on Friday afternoon. And so far, they've had 17. So we're going to tackle that on today's episode. We're going to talk about, you know, what to know about these players. What are some of the trends when it comes to like the positions that we've seen so far and some realistic options for the birds. So like I said, it's going to be kind of like a speed round, but I wanted to start with a position that I don't think is like the biggest need. Like defense is definitely the need, I think, when it comes to the Eagles, like secondary for sure, defensive line, but wide receiver Yes, that's just as important, too. We already have the Devontae Smith. We already had recently signed Zach Pascal. We already have Quez Watkins. But I wanted to take a look at Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave, Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams, and Georgia wide receiver George Pickens. So out of these three guys so far, who would you say is most likely to land in Philly? Yeah, so Jamison Williams, I think, is no shot. I'd be surprised at this point if Jamison Williams didn't go top 10. And I'd be equally surprised if the Eagles traded up in the top 10 for a receiver. So I don't think, I think Jameson, who's a very, very good player, is out. Uh, Olave is the one where that feels like it, it, it makes a lot of sense where the Eagles are right now. We know, we're, we're, we're pretty sure the Eagles will like Chris Olave, right? He's a sub 4-4 receiver. He's extremely polished route runner. Uh, the knocks on him are like, oh, maybe he's too thin. The Eagles have the thinnest receiver in the entire world. They have two of the thinnest, like Quez also. Like some teams don't draft these skinny receivers. The Eagles clearly don't care. Uh, so like the big knock on Olave doesn't seem to be a problem. Like, oh, he's a senior, you know, he produced late. Same thing with Devontae Smith last year. Like, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, so we think the Eagles will like him. There's rumors that the Saints like him and there's rumors that the Chargers like him. So Olave is going somewhere from like 15 to 20 if he gets there. Uh, you know, there's a chance that he goes early. Washington at 11 is a team that makes a lot of sense for him as well. So if Olave gets to the Eagles pick at 15 and they like him, 
I would imagine they pick him even before other dudes at other positions because they'd want they'd be worried about the Saints at 16 and the Chargers at 17. Pickens is a good player. Uh, George Pickens out of Georgia. He's coming off of a major injury. I think it was Achilles uh, uh, in the 2020 season, so he didn't play a lot in the 2021 season. Um, but the film is near first-round ability. He's an above-the-rim guy. He is a, a downfield X receiver win outside the numbers, which is very, very important role for the Eagles to get because right now that player for them is Devontae. And as great as Devontae is contested catch, unbelievable contested catch receiver. It's not what you want your 170 pound receiver to be doing, right? You'd like for him to do other things. Uh, and so they have to get a ball winner on the outside. Pickens is that sort of a role. I imagine when they brought him in, it was to check the medicals. It, it, it was to flag uh, and, and, you know, get, get a, a second opinion, maybe a final opinion on his health. And if they clear him, he is a great trade back candidate. He's a great end of the first round candidate. Maybe he makes it to 50, right? Or to that, that middle of the second round in the event that other teams don't, you know, trust it as much. But I would imagine he's more so in like the 30 to 40 range. And so if they're a trade back team, Pickens at wide receiver makes a lot of sense. Okay. I like that. I like that. And you touched on medicals just a little bit. So another position, we've only seen one of this position so far, Matt Corral a quarterback from Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. He has came and visited Philly as well. And we know that Howie Roseman loves the quarterback factory, of course. Is this something that we should be taking seriously? Like, do you really think that they would go for him? Of course, probably not at 15 or 18. Right. But later on, do you think we should even take this as a serious consideration? Yeah, so it's worrisome, right? Because you're like, not, don't, not, no court, not again, Howie, please. Uh, Corral is not the sort of quarterback for us to be going out on a limb for, at least in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I, I was very much like, all right, they wouldn't do it at 15 and 18. Like maybe they do it at 51, but whatever. And then Corral got invited to the first round of the draft and he's attending. And that list isn't like one to one, everybody on it gets drafted, but a lot of the people there do. Okay. Uh, I would be stunned if the Eagles took a quarterback in round one. And I would be, I, 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 of the quarterbacks to go round one, Corral is to me the least good. Okay. <laughs> and so it would be very surprising and really worrisome if they spent a top 20 pick on Matt Corral. It's not surprising that they like the play style. He's an mm -hmm. RPO quarterback. He's super zippy arm. Uh, can tuck the ball and run. A lot of what makes Jalen Hurts good makes Matt Corral good. And so if they mm -hmm. want to continue living in this offense with this style of quarterback, Corral makes a lot of sense. It's just, it seems like they're doing another year of Jalen Hurts. It seems like they're pushing capital into future years to trade for a veteran or trade up for a guy. Corral at, at 15, it would be an incredibly well-kept secret and it would be uh, surprising. And I would probably be, be very upset. The other thing is like, we got to remember these top 30 visits aren't always for like players I want to draft. It's very right. often for guys I want to, check boxes on like you said there's the medical box mm -hmm. and then also matt corral is like a little bit of a bad boy so there's also the <laughs> character box as well like if you you want to know how you feel about a guy in the event that he becomes a free agent in five years because you're not gonna be able to talk to him then you may be able to but the best time to talk to him is now uh, and so mm -hmm. a lot of this is just like kind of clearing boxes in the event that you need them and i promise if they were to surprise us with that pick at number 15 or 18 you wouldn't be the only person pissed i, I couldn't man that. i'd lose my mind yeah it, oh gosh billy twitter would be wild wild yeah. but i mean we're gonna keep it moving another draft position which is definitely deepest and arguably most talented so far in this year's draft um i saw that you wrote an article and also did a podcast uh titled the most the six most decisive divisive players in the draft and you guys were talking about some of the guys who there's disagreement with among different scouts and some of the media and one of the players for sure is Oregon defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau 
So I want to talk on him first. Um, he started falling, and you guys talked about that a lot in the podcast episode. What areas would you say that you think he can improve, and where do you think he's going to fall in the big board? Yeah, Kayvon's a really good player. Uh, on the field, Kayvon's awesome. Are there plays he takes off? Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like like you know this is this is bad NFL scouting here, but it's I don't I don't really care when my elite top five talented players take plays off. Okay. I don't want it to be a I don't want it to be an, an endemic, right? I don't want it to be constant. I don't want it to be like they, they don't love football. But Thibodeau's getting like triple teamed. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to play with 100% of a motor when it's like the ball's out in two seconds and he's getting double teamed. There's no utility for him emptying his tank at that time. So mm-hmm. people talk about the lokes. That really doesn't bother me too much. You go back and watch it when he was a freshman. You go back and watch when he was a sophomore. It's really, really impressive film. It's unique ability. People worry about the bend. I don't worry about the bend. I think the quickness, the hand, the, the hand usage, the strength, it's all there. I think he's a consummate edge prospect. Off the field is where the fall is coming. Hmm. is just a hype beast. That's the best way to explain him. We all kind of know that guy who you, he's your buddy and you sit down with him and you're grabbing dinner and he's like, hey, have you heard about this new crypto? And you're like, I can't do this right now, man. <laughs> That's Thibodeau. Like, Thibodeau has his own crypto. Thibodeau's got like a 30-year life plan. I told him that I didn't have a 30-year life plan. He told me to get my shit together. And I was like, dude, I'm married. Like, I'm good. Like, you don't, I'm, I'm all right. I got it. He's very like, like he, he is locked in on what he wants to do, which is a great thing, but it scares NFL teams because NFL okay. teams want football players to think only about football 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and absolutely nothing else. It's okay. antiquated thought and it's going to continue to dissolve and continue to crumble as NIL becomes a thing and college players just become more active in, in, other spaces outside of football, but that's the archaic grading scale that teams are holding on to. So that's why the Thibodeau fall is coming. I think Thibodeau is going to go to a team and be really freaking good. And I think the teams that pass on him are going to look dumb. I'd be surprised if he makes it to 15. Uh, we heard a lot about Thibodeau falling in March, and it feels like in April we're getting a little bit of a swing back where the Jets at four, the Giants at five, these are both still like very legitimate possibilities for Thibodeau. So to me, I expect him to be a top 10 pick and deservedly so. Okay. Looking at a projected late day two pick in Western Kentucky defensive and D'Angelo Malone. Mm-hmm. Makes sense because they have Hassan Reddick. Uh, yep. Malone is a really, really light edge rusher who might need to play off ball linebacker, which anybody who's covering the draft a couple years ago and following Reddick at a temple, that's the exact same book. So he's a Reddick backup. Uh, he's play that Sam role, that on ball Sam linebacker that John Gannon needs. Um, but yeah, I that that's a round four guy, and I certainly don't want him permanently rushing the passer. Like he's, okay. he's too he's too light. That works in Conference USA for Western Kentucky. It's not going to hang at the NFL. So he's a a Reddick backup and and special teams guy, which is nice. But on day three, cool. Uh, Penn State. I'm going to butcher this name. Last name. Uh, defensive end Jesse Lukita. Lukita. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going for the other guy. He has an even harder name. The other Penn State. Oh, player. but that's we'll, we'll get to him. Yeah, yeah. Luketa uh, is not dissimilar to uh, Malone. Similar okay. sort of a situation. He's a little bit heavier. He's a little bit stronger. A little bit better bend. I'm. He's more so of like uh, picking at 81, picking at one, or excuse me, picking at 83, picking at 101, sort of a guy. He makes sense. Uh, so around earlier than Malone, but very, very similar in terms of, of how you would use him better athlete too. Cause all these guys coming out of Penn state just have wild testing numbers. So if they miss out on defensive line in round one and round two, which would surprise me, but if they do, Luquette is a good name to tag for day three or for round three. Okay. Now we get to the defense, like the, yeah. all right, Arnold, I'm not even go for it. Go for it. Evie Kitty. Yeah. Evie Kitty. Well, (laughs) we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ebikidi is a late round one player, late round one, early round two. Uh, if he were to make it to 51, that'd be sick. 
Uh, I'd be curious to see if they do it just because like def- defensive tackle needs help. Linebacker needs help as per usual. Mm-hmm. Going back to 2018 battle on bleeding green nation linebacker needs help. Uh, <laughs> safety needs help. Same as 2018 corner needs help, right? Mm-hmm. Every position on this defense needs help. The one position you would say is solid is edge. Josh okay. Sweat was a, was a pro bowler last year as an alternate. Uh, he's on an extension. Hassan Reddick was just signed. Brandon Graham may be coming back uh, off of his injury. We'll see how effective he is. And then Derek Barnett uh, as your depth. Edge is good. So Ebikiti doesn't have as much flexibility, doesn't have as much positional kind of blurredness as, as guys like Luketa and, and Malone do just because he is a really good pass rusher. You would want him with a hand in the dirt rushing on all three downs. You can drop him. Okay. But why would you draft that guy at 51 or draft that guy at 30 with a trade back when you can just get a dude three rounds later who has more drop back experience and it's a less valuable position because it's like a sub package role for you. Okay. So I, I, I'd be surprised if they make that early of, a, of an investment at Epikiti, but he's a really good player. And so if they get him, he's, it's, it's to their benefit. A better player is in the building, but then they're going to have like five edge rushers and still no linebackers and no safeties and no corners going to drive me nuts. Uh, and so if they do that, it's like Jim Schwartz era all over again, where the only thing we care about is pass rush. I'm going to pull my hair out. Yeah. Cornerback, like you said, needs mm-hmm. help. We, we all know that. And so we're going to get into that. This is probably the position that I'm most excited about. Uh, and like I said, they've already had one, two, three visits so far, pre-draft visits. So of course, Ahmad Sars uh, Gardner, from Cincinnati, Clemson, Andre Booth Jr., and also Houston uh, cornerback Marcus Jones. So out of the three of these, who would you say is the biggest standout? Yeah, so Sauce is awesome, man. Sauce has been awesome for years. Sauce gave up 60 total receiving yards this season. Kid's nuts. He just doesn't get targeted because he just <sighs> suffocates uh, uh, his receivers. He's up on the line of scrimmage, big, tall, long guy. Uh, he's going to go top 10. Mm-hmm. Don't think they're going to get Sauce uh-huh. coming to them. That's like, you know, kind of check your notes sort of a thing. Andrew Booth out of Clemson, real good player. Like him a lot. Big injury concerns for Andrew Booth. So it's the same same story as with George Pickens, same story as with, with Matt Corral. We got to get him in the building to, to check some notes. If they feel good about Booth, 15-18 would be a little bit early, uh, okay. given where he's being projected right now. Uh, they, I think they were hoping for McDuffie. Trent McDuffie out of Washington is corner three. He's been kind of at that like pick 15 to 20 range in, in most projections up until last week, where all of a sudden he's like, boom, 12 to the Vikings, boom, 11 to the to Washington. Like he's he's shooting up. So he might be pushing himself a little bit out of the Eagles range. So Booth's that fourth best corner if you trust the health. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, 15, 18 would be a little bit early. That again feels like one where you could move back a little bit and get it done. But if they take him that high, He's he's good corner. He's worth that 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 top twenty pick. It's just he has to stay healthy. And last mm-hmm. time the Eagles drafted a corner with health problems, it did not go well. They, he now plays for the Jaguars. They struggled to develop at that position. And so I like Booth, and, and and I think he's a good player. He's a round one player. It's just where where do they land on the medical flags? And then Marcus Jones is a very very fun day two corner prospect. A lot of ball skills. A lot of lot of explosive posability. He's a little bit risk and reward. He's a little bit raw. Playing in the same conference as, as Sauce Gardner, and so not not in the mm-hmm. same level of competition. Round two is great. Marcus Jones at 51. Ben's a happy camper. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. The only safety that they've had so far come visit Penn State, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, please God, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jaquan is, is perfectly set uh, to be drafted at 51. That's exactly the sort of range we're looking at. Fringe top 50 player. It's combo safety. So you can play deep and you can play the box and you can play the slot. He's done all three, which is what you need when you're running too high. 
Uh, he's a captain for the Penn State defense. He's a vocal leader. He's a high effort, high physical tackle player, which is exactly what Jonathan Gannon needs, right? Gannon and, and Matt Aberflus, who he used to work under with the Colts, all about hustle, all about intensity, tackles, turnovers, takeaways, yada, 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 whatever. That's Jaquan Brisker. He's a nutcase. Uh, okay. He looks exactly like what they need at safety, and they so desperately need a safety. And 51 is like earlier than the Eagles have drafted a safety in five bajillion years or whatever. But this, this, this is one that makes so much sense uh, because like there's other good safeties for them in round one, Dax Hill out of Michigan, Lewis out of Georgia. They're just not going to take that player because okay. they, to them, I don't think they view safety as a premium position. And we know how, how he is about his positions. So yeah. if you're not going to take those guys, get serious about Jaquan Brisker in round two, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor in round two, those guys make so, so, so much sense at 51. And so offensive line, we know, is not an area of concern. Like, that's probably the the strongest area when mm-hmm. you're looking at the roster. Uh, so right now, they've only had Tulsa offensive lineman, Tyler Smith, and Kenyon Green. Out of the two of them, where do you think they, they would land? Um, or where would the uh, Eagles pick them, I, I guess? Yeah, they're both expected to be first-round picks. I don't think the Eagles are going to draft either. Uh Maybe they're doing the check the boxes thing, mm-hmm. you know, concerns. I don't know anything about Smith or green that would, that there's no major medical concerns with either. There's no major character concerns that I know of with either. So whatever they're fishing for, they're fishing for. They draft around one offensive lineman. They're out of their minds. Hope like good players, hopefully yeah. not Eagles in two weeks. So do you think that these are more like the smoke screen pre-draft visits? Maybe like, smoke screen. There's also like, you know, uh, I, I say like character wise, injury wise, I don't know anything, but there's yeah. always things that teams know that we don't know. Right. And it, it really just might be that. All right. You know, they set their board, they grade, you know, 22 players as round one grades. And then they say, we have to have interviews with all 22 of these players. Right. Like that's the thing that, okay. that you'll do in the room is say, like, if we're going to grade this guy as highly, we need to interview him. And then they didn't get those dudes at the combine. So, all right, we got to bring them in. And that's the thing. 30 visits, but it's not for the top 30 players on your board. It's not only for round one targets, not only for local guys. It's just you have 30 cards you give to the league and you say, this guy has to come talk to us. And so mm-hmm. it could be for a myriad of reasons. Okay. Another guy that's been getting a lot of hype. A lot of our Eagles mock drafts have been having him at number 15, Jordan Davis. So I was looking at the um, article that was written. Well, uh, Zach Berman from The Athletic wrote an article where he was doing a mock draft analysis on Dane Brugler's The Beast. And he was talking about how there's, you know, could be some risk involved. Do you think that this would be a good gamble for the birds? I love Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is the man. I will uh, listen. You that not every day you get to draft a 364 pound <laughs> guy who runs sub five. All right. And I'm here to tell you, you never get to do that. That dude does not exist. He's an anomaly. He's an aberration of nature. Uh, Jordan Davis is a player that makes a ton of sense for the Eagles. Uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, both on one-year deals currently. Both are free agents entering 2023. Obviously, the Eagles almost didn't have Fletch this year, and Fletch getting a little long in the tooth, and so defensive tackle is a position that needs to be shored up. Now, if you're going to live in a too-high world, which is what Jonathan Gannon wants to do, two deep safeties, light in the box, you better have a solution to the running game problem because you currently don't have enough numbers to stop the running game. So you either need to blitz a ton and stunt along on the defensive line, which is what uh, Zimmer did in, in Minnesota when Gannon worked for him. But the Eagles didn't really do that last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have uh, great combo safeties and you're able to play, you know, max fitting quarters. The Eagles don't have that. Nobody can really do that in the league. It's really hard to do. Or you need to have a two gap in defensive line. You need to have guys on the interior of the defensive line who can play two gaps at the same time. So you need to have a dominant nose tackle. The Eagles do not have that dude. They have Fletch, who's a penetrating yeah. upfield three tech, and they have Hargrave, who's very, very good, 
but isn't dominant. And they also don't really ask him to do that. So you need a solution to your too high problem. You need a solution to your light box. Jordan Davis is a solution. It's one man solver. It's <laughs> everything you need in a bag of chips. He's humongous. He's dominant. He's technically sound. He's got quick eyes. He's explosive. He's a great tackler. Georgia lived off of Jordan Davis solving problems for them on the inside. This is an elite player on first and second down. And that's enough for me. Like, oh, what's the third down usage? I don't, I'm, he's he's going to get me to third and long. Yeah. Like, I don't care about third and down usage until I get there. And the Eagles <laughs> couldn't get there. Dude, Derek Carr completed 90% of his passes. Justin Herbert, 90% of his passes. You're not getting to third down. You've got to get the player in the building who gets you there. And that's Jordan Davis. Uh, at 15, would be a tremendous pick. He'd be hotly contested and everybody would complain. And then he would walk in and just immediately handle his business. Love Jordan Davis. Great pick at 15. So we know we want Jordan Davis, but what do you what do you want to tell us about Perrion Winfrey and also Devontae Wyatt? Yeah, so Wyatt played next to uh, uh, Davis of Georgia. He's 315, more traditional three-tech. If the Eagles were to select him, he would be more so a clear Fletcher Cox replacement. He's going to be a little bit more of, a, of playing over the guard instead of playing over the center. You can still two-gap and do that well, but he's a little bit more of a pass-rushing player. Wyatt has uh, a history of domestic incidents, domestic violence incidents, family violence incidents across the course of, uh, of his high school career and into his college career. That is something that has got a lot of teams concerned. And we're seeing over the course of the last few days and approaching the draft, it's unlikely he's around one player. So this is a character flag. When does he go? Uh, it's always difficult to figure out. The Eagles have not really drafted a lot of character flag guys over the last few years with Roseman, uh, with, with Roseman and Peterson, I should say, with Sirianni. Doesn't seem like there'd be much of a change there. Sirianni seems to be pretty in on culture and, you know, whatever, straight shooters, yada, yada. And so I'd be surprised if they take Wyatt. Uh, but I, part of the reason why they brought him in, I'm sure, is to talk about that. And, you know, sometimes guys have backgrounds that are tough, but they've turned over a new leaf. And that's for the team to be responsible to figure out and, and talk about with that guy. Winfrey's another interesting one because Winfrey is, at times, extremely flashy. Very good nose tackle for Oklahoma. He's a, another pass rushing sort of a type. He's another get up field third down winner. Winfrey is like talked about Thibodeau with the loafs. Thibodeau kind of not, not, um, how much do you worry about a guy taking plays off and loving ball? Winfrey's a dude who the word on the street has just done really love football. He's good at it, but you, you could be good at anything and it would maybe yeah. be better, you know. And then and that's something that, that teams got to figure out. So Winfrey's a round two, round three pivot guy. So right around right 81, uh, 83, 101, you're probably a little bit too late for him. But if you're talking about 75, 65, yeah, maybe you can go get him. Uh, but you have to be confident saying that this guy's going to commit and he's going to get better every year and play out the whole of his first contract and play out the whole of his second contract. And a lot of these concerns can be overblown, right? The league kind of does a lot of pseudo psychology to figure out what guys are going to be like in five, 10 years. It's hard to do, but these are the concerns right now. So I'm sure that's why they brought Winfrey in. Thank you. And so, I mean, you told us Jordan Davis is your guy at number 15. If you're Howie Roseman, who are you picking at number 18 though? We want to know. All right. Am I just limited to this list? No, 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 no. Okay. You don't have to want it. Cool. Uh, let's see. I love Jordan Davis at 15. Yes. Uh, and, and I think expect defensive line and defensive backfield. I would personally not take McDuffie, who you see mock to them a lot. And I think if McDuffie gets to them, they will. I won't. Okay. I won't. I'll get it. I'll be fine with it. McDuffie to me is like a solid player. He's not necessarily we want to be spending a top 20 pick on. And without knowing the, the uh, medicals on Booth makes it tough as well, because I'd love Booth, but I'd love to believe that, that he can play. Uh, so Davis at 15. If Kyle Hamilton starts getting into range at 15, I'm taking Hamilton above Davis. But he's one of the few people that I think is possible that, that, that I would take. So if it's Davis at 15, wide receiver at 18. If Olave is still there, home run pick. If not, Traylon Burks at Arkansas is a really good player. Uh, I said the Eagles are comfortable with these skinny guys, but you don't just have to be comfortable with the skinny guys. Traylon Burks is 6'3", 230. He is yeah. a big young man. 
Uh, mm-hmm. This sort of body type is rare at the wide receiver position. We don't see guys built like linebackers come through every single day. He's explosive. He's successful downfield. Good catch radius. Good downfield receiver at the SEC level, which is important, right? You get to see him against that top competition. Uh, he's got a gadget-like ability as well, which we saw the Eagles try to get Jalen Rager moving with gadget plays last year. They clearly want bubble screens, RPOs, like all that college stuff to be part of this offense. Rager wasn't very good at it. And they need a guy who's better after the catch. That's that's what Traylon Burks did really, really well at Arkansas. And so I would love Burks at 18 for the Eagles. That's the receiver that you expect to be there. It makes a lot of sense for how the team is built. Okay. Howie Roseman. You heard it from the expert himself. I hope you yeah. listen. All right. Well, last last two receivers the Eagles draft, or I should say two of the last three they drafted, Arthega Whiteside and Rager were both players I liked as well. So maybe ignore okay. the receivers that, that Ben <laughs> likes. I think it's the main takeaway we have right now. But hopefully one of them will actually finally be freaking good facts big facts but you need to take a sip of water because you just you were dishing it i love now we it. do a baby's draft season all right That's yes yes i love it so i mean thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us like i said i already know the listeners are gonna love this episode because you know you're a celebrity around here so thank you so much for your time i really 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 appreciate it sweet thanks rachel appreciate you for sure P G N.